This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Welcome to the Church of the Harvest Healing and Wellness Service. Well, we started out unusual, and if that gives you any indication of how it's going to go, it's going to be God stuff. God stuff. And that's what we're looking for. We got enough of our own. We want God stuff. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm um, Joe Rook. I'm the director of the healing and wellness um, ministry here at Church of the Harvest. This is our pastor, uh, Bob Thomas, right over here. And um, we want to welcome you. We're glad that you're here today. And um, I hope that you've come to hear and be healed. I can get you to hear today what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Healing belongs to you. He withholds no good thing from those that ask. And so um, I want to start out today, I think, um, let's do a couple things. Is Let me have Laura come up and just explain what these cards are, if, if we can take a minute to do that, and if you will uh, give them to us uh, at the end of the service, we'd appreciate it. While she's doing that, if you ever wanted to know something deeper about healing, I really recommend that this book, if you don't have it in your library, it's one that everybody should have in their library about healing, uh, but read it. You can read it and read it and read it. There's so many wonderful nuggets in here. Good morning, everybody. These are just our connection cards. It's just a way of us to try to keep in touch with you all. Um, we have a hassle-free guarantee here. We're not going to come to your house, knock on your door or anything like that, show up, you know, unannounced. If, the main thing we're looking for here is to keep you informed on what's going on. So uh, if you'll put down your email address in a language that Joe can read, <laughs> she'll be happy to keep you informed on everything that's happening here. And down at the bottom, there's a place for prayer requests, and our prayer team prays for those every day. So if you'll just fill that out for us, and we're asking for our members to, you know, just put your names on there as always so we can keep track of who's here and all that good stuff. So anybody need one? Questions? All right, thank you. Great, thank you. If you want to... Um um, be on a mailing list. Um, we'll just send you a little note when we have our next healing service, which will be the first Saturday in October, by the way. I believe it's the first of the month uh, that the Saturday lands on. So we'll have our next healing and wellness service. We also have what we call healing school, which takes place the first Tuesday and first, first and third Tuesdays of the month through November. And all healing school is a more intimate setting, and we get deeper into principles of does God want you healed? Does, is everybody qualified to receive? How do I receive? And once you get your healing, how do I keep my healing? I used to think once upon a time that if God healed you, you were healed forever. 
And um, I've since become a little wiser and a little bit more knowledgeable in the things of God. And that's not always true because the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. God comes that you have life and have it abundantly. So we have known people who have um, been healed in various services and somebody talked them out of their healing. One gentleman was in a wheelchair, gone to wonderful service, and he, was, he had been in the wheelchair for years and years and years, and he walked that night for the first time in years. And he got home, and somebody that he knew well and trusted said, no, 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 that's of the devil. And he got back in his chair, and he didn't get out till he got to heaven. What a horrible thing. When God wants you healed, he sent his son to pay that price. And um, I know we have some lawyers in our midst today, so I'm going to probably use some legal, uh, not legal terms because I'm not versed in those, but some of the premises that you go by, and we can see how legalistic the enemy is and how gracious our God is and what he's provided. So what I want to talk to you today about is, um, are you in faith or fate? F-A-T-E or F-A-I-T-H? Have you ever heard anybody say, well, what will be will be. It's God's will. If it's God's will, it must be God's will because that's what happened. Um, a lot of people, when... Um, they quote the scripture and they say it this way, um, it's appointed unto man a time to die. How many know that that is not accurate quoting of the scripture? It says it's quoted unto man once to die and then the judgment. Now, if you are a born-again child of God and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you've done all the dying you're going to do. So how does that make sense? Well, everybody dies, don't they? Well, you are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and emotion, and you live in an earth suit. And your mind and will and emotions, we're going to call a filter because everything filters through that. You decide. When you make a decision, you act upon that decision. So what you think about, you meditate on. What you meditate on, you speak about. What you speak about, you act on. And what you act on ultimately produces habits, and then your habits control you. So what you believe down deep in the heart of hearts is what, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So... Um, let me just back up for a little bit. With spirit, soul, and body, I want to show you something about the spirit, soul, and body. The body is the earth suit. It's like a coat. It's a jacket. And it allows you to be on the earth. That's what its function is. Now, in that is emotions. How you feel, how you think, taste, smell, hear, you know, all of that is wrapped up in the earth suit. But you, the real you, when you'd accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. That means that spirit person that is in people, if they don't accept Jesus, is still going to live forever. Just like those of us who know Jesus are going to live forever. And you choose in this lifetime if you're going to spend eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. Sin separates you from God. That's what sin's purpose is. And that's why God hates sin, because he sent his son that you could fellowship with him. And you can't fellowship with him when there's sin involved. 
And so Jesus went to the cross. And now when he went to the cross, God, it says, God put on him everything. It pleased God to put on him everything. So we readily accept that Jesus died, that we can be born again, right? That's an easy thing. What proof do you have that you're born again? When you think about it, what tangible proof can you show me that you're born again? Only thing you can do is you point me to the word of God that says, God said, I believe it, and I took it, and it's mine. And I will forever live with God when I pass from this life to the next. Now, when you literally, your spirit man is who you are. Who goes to the outside of somebody's house and knocks and talks to the house? You want to talk to the person in the house, don't you? That's you. You're a spirit being. And so when we speak God's word, we speak spirit to spirit because that's where the power is and that's where the life is. He said, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he said it will quicken, make alive your mortal body by his spirit. So those of us that are born again, that same spirit that lives in us lives, that, that is God lives in us and makes alive our mortal body by his spirit. So when you get ready to depart, your, your spirit man, all it does is steps out of the earth suit. So if I took my jacket off, it would lay on the floor. Does the jacket have any life in itself? Absolutely none. Jacket, move. It's not going to do anything without the spirit man. And so the spirit is what gives it life. When you put your jacket on, it moves, it does all this thing. Without the life, the jacket is nothing. So when we leave, we leave behind our earth suit. We just step out. There's no fear involved in that because we know where we're going to spend eternity. But here's the point. God gave us a plan and a purpose for our lives. We're not to go early and we're not to go sick. Well, why not? Well, let's look at that word salvation for a minute. Salvation means sozo in its original interpretation. And sozo means to be saved, healed, delivered, preserved, means to be set free. It means to be kept safe and sound. And so when you look at this, if you said that I am saved, what are you saying? Not just that your spirit man is born again, but it also means I am healed. I am protected. So how do you get there? The same way you get healed is the same way you got saved. Now, I want to point something out in case you have never thought about it. When Jesus walked on the earth, all those people that got healed, were any of them saved? Not a one, were they? Not a one. So what does that tell you? If those that are not even saved can partake in what God has provided, how much more us, the children? It's the children's bread. You know, remember that woman that came to him and said, you know, um, I believe it was her daughter, if I remember correctly, uh, needed help. And um, he said, no, you know, we can't give the children's bread to the dogs. Well, he wasn't calling her a dog, if you understand the covenants and all that. She was outside the covenant. She didn't have any rights to what was being provided. 
And yet, she said, yes, Master, but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs. And, you know, what did he basically tell her? You know, your faith is great. You believe me in spite of everything telling you that you had no rights here. You still believed me. You still trusted me. And for that, you get that reward. So when we're talking about faith or faith, faith says that, oh, it was just their time to go. If that is true, then Jesus died for nothing. Think about this. Everybody know about the law of gravity? You know, some people have tested it by stepping off, and they go down to the bottom, right? All right, does that make the law of lift of no effect? Because there's a law of gravity? No, what does the law of lift do? The law of lift just supersedes the law of gravity, right? So if we go to Romans and look at what the scripture says, I think I want to go to Romans 8. I've got this correct. It says in Romans 8 this, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Christ means the anointed one and his anointing, the power of God, the wisdom of God, Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So there is a key here. After the flesh produces flesh results. After the spirit produces spirit results. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Let me put it this way. The law of gravity exists. If you step off the side of a building, you're going down, right? The law of lift supersedes the law of gravity. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. So if we take it back to healing, we can look at it this way. The diagnosis comes, and the facts are that maybe they said, this is a horrible thing that you have, and there's nothing more that we can do. Or you're going to have to live with what it is for the rest of your life. That's a fact. But you know, the truth is that God's word never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're going to look at the scriptures that shows that Jesus, in the scriptures it says Jesus went about doing good and healing only a few. It says all, doesn't it? Healing all, healing all that were afflicted by the devil. So we can, we can, we can see right there that Jesus considered sickness and disease affliction. Now, if you understand your source, does it come from God? Or does it come from the enemy? He said, every good and perfect gift cometh from above, and there's no variableness, there's no turning, all right? And, every, and the thief comes not, but to steal, to kill, and destroy. God said he came that you have life and have it more abundantly. Where does sickness lie in that? From the enemy or from God? Comes from, now think about this. If it was God's will for you to be sick, how would he put it on you, first of all? Now, we know that sin can't stand in God's presence, right? He said he's an all-consuming fire from the uh, loins down and from the loins up. He's an all-consuming fire. So he can't hand it to you, can he? All right? Now, if he talks it to you, he's violated his word, right? Because he can't do that because his words are spirit and they're life. 
He doesn't minister death. Now, you're going to say, well, what about the Old Testament? The Old Testament says that he put it on you. But now, if you look and you, and you do some word study back there, there's a permissive part. That language was just about dead, almost dead and gone when the uh, translators came. So they, you know, they were reviving the language and doing that. And there's a permissive thing that goes on there. And if you look in Deuteronomy 28, it lists from verse 1 to 14 or 15, it lists... It says, if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to do. And he said, you're going to be blessed coming in. You're going to be blessed going out. You'll be blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. And whatsoever you set your hands to prospers. And if you look after that, he says, but if you won't hearken, then these curses are going to come on you. You're going to be cursed in the city. You're going to be cursed in the field. You're going to be cursed coming in. You're going to be cursed growing out. And then he goes on, verse 61, he says, and all these diseases, not even named in this book, are under the curse. Well, old covenant got to think about Old Covenant, New Covenant. They, he said, if you will, then I will. All right? If you will do these things, then I will do these things. Now, I want you to think of it as a big compound for a minute. And he said, if you will stay within these confines, all you can go any area that you want, but if you'll stay within these particular parameters, then you're going to be safe from the lions and the tigers and the bears that are outside there. But if you don't and you step out of there, you're essentially stepping out of the will and you're subject to the lions and the tigers and the bear. So what I'm saying is there is a big umbrella of protection in the Old Covenant. And if you did these things, then you were protected. If you didn't, think about uh, in the wilderness... When they were going from being slaves to going to the promised land, remember they were there and they were not happy. Uh, they were not happy with Moses some days, you know, even though mighty, mighty things, you know, the horse and the rider in the sea. They, the Red Sea was parted, all these things. And they started murmuring and complaining. And they said, oh, if you would have just let us go back, we could have leaks back there, you know. And yet God provided manna. And so they're in the middle of the desert, and all of a sudden, they start murmuring and complaining, and the little asps started biting, and they started having a lot of problems. I asked somebody one time, I said, you know, they were in the middle of the desert. Do you think that those little asps were in the desert before they started biting when they said, oh, no, God sent them there? I said, well, have you ever been in the middle of the desert and not been bit by anything? I mean, think about it. All of those things, they were protected they, because they did. Now, I want to show you something. Let's go, hold your place in Romans 8 and go to Galatians. Now, remember in the Old Covenant, if then happens, in the New Covenant, we're, we're under grace. Jesus bought and paid for everything under grace. Whether you participate in and get a benefit of it will depend on what you do, whether you receive it or reject it. And, you know, I'm going to, um, let me just read something to you real quick. You don't have to turn there, but um, it's going to be in Mark 4 that I'm going to read. And Jesus had taught, and his disciples said, tell us what you were teaching about. And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they were, um, that were about him, asked the twelve of them asked him. And he said unto them, Unto you 
It is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without all these things done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. Least at any time they, who? The hearers. Least at any time they should be... Um, let me through. And hearing them hear and not understand. At least at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Now, if you can close your eyes and close your ears to the things of God, you can certainly make a decision to open your eyes and open your ears to the things of God. Listen, we all have been taught things that are not right in the scriptures. You know, um, I ask people, how many wise men were there? Anybody know how many wise men there were? Anybody have a guess? Right. But you know how many people will tell you? There's three wise men. That's what they'll tell you. But look at the scriptures. How many animals went in the ark? How many of each kind went in the ark? Some say two, some say seven. But you know the scripture says... Of the clean, there were so many, and of the unclean, there were so many. But we know that there's two of each that went into the ark. But, you know, they had to sacrifice and do some other things. See, the Word of God, what you've taught, the traditions of man make the Word of God of no effect. If you were taught that God heals, and God only heals sometimes, and God only heals who he wants, well, who does he not want to heal? Why would you assume you're the one he doesn't want to heal? Why would you not say, well, if God heals anybody, it's going to be me because I'm his favorite child? Amen. Amen. See, we can receive anytime we want. But he said, their eyes have they closed, their ears have they closed, but they, if they would open them and receive the engrafted word which is able to save your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. If you can get your mind, your will, and emotions hooked up with your spirit man, your spirit man always hears the things of God. Because when you were born again, what happens is this, is here's God's spirit, here's your spirit. And it says, God's spirit comes in with your spirit. Now, if you picture two glasses of water, and here it is, your spirit and God's spirit, undo the glass and tell me which one is you and which one's God. Say, you are, you are hooked up on the inside. But that filter, think of a dirty air conditioning filter. That filter is so clogged up because people have told you, you know, everybody dies sometime and this is just your time to die. Well, no. I am not going early and I'm not going sick. If you're ready to go on, go well. Get healed and say, I'm going home. Come visit me because I'll be leaving at 10 o'clock on such and such a day. Don't do it on the enemy's terms. The enemy comes in. <clears throat> He's very sly. He's been watching us for thousands of years. He knows all the good. He knows the buttons to push. And he knows who to send to push those buttons. I'm amazed sometimes at how some people can get down to the deepest part, to the last nerve, to the corner of the nerve, and find that sweet spot and step on it and twist. You want to go, oh, my goodness, what are you doing? And then you remember what he said. He said, if you don't forgive, I can't forgive you. So you got junk down in your garbage can, get it out. 
Any unforgiveness hinders the work of God. We want to do, we want to be vessels that flow in the things of God. And the truth is, is that God in you already will quicken and make alive your mortal body. All you got to do is clean out the filter. You know, I say this, when I don't want to do something God is telling me to do, has anybody been there? If I'm, you know, I'm sure, thank you for being honest. There are things you just don't want to do. You know, uh, it's like when you confess your sin, that is not when God found out about it, you know. But it's when that you can get right and get in a position to receive. And you know, after you confess your sin and you get forgiveness, you know, if you're going down the road and two weeks later the devil's still beating you up with that, you've never taken authority over that. Because you tell the devil, listen to me. Get off of me in the name of Jesus. You have no rights in this body. This is a bought, purchased, paid for body. I belong to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Get out. Now, Kenneth Hagin says it this way. You can't keep the birds flying over your head, but you can keep them from nesting in your hair. So you take every thought captive. You tell your body what it's going to do. Again, the filter, the mind, the will, and emotions makes this quality decision and a quality decision is one from which there is no more argument, but there's no more retreat. You're not going backward, you're going forward. Well, how am I going to go forward? I can hardly move, I can hardly think, I can hardly do anything. That's why it's so important that you put the Word of God in you. You can't fight without any ammunition. You're going to last for a little while. It's the Word of God that's life to you. You know, picture your favorite food. Picture it in front of you. Can you smell it? You're all set, you're all ready to go, and you're talking about how good this food is, how, oh, this is just wonderful, but you refuse to pick up the fork, put it in the food, put it in your mouth, chew and swallow. As long as that food is out here in front of you, there is no nutrition that's going to your body. Your body will die of thirst if you will never pick up the water. It can be two feet from you, and you will still die in your last breath being, I believe I'm healed. But if you're not using the things of God, I want to tell you about a couple things. And I'm going to get Roger up here. I think, Roger, we'll start with you if you don't mind. I want to tell you about some things in our midst that are going on. Just to encourage you, this is not out there somewhere. It's not way back when. It's not people that we don't know, but it's people we know being touched by the power of God. Uh, most of you know that few months ago I had cancer surgery and I went back this week for my first checkup my first full checkup since then and the doctor checked me over even took a scope and scoped everything out and he could absolutely find absolutely nothing glory to the God the on, only problem that I had was a minor infection and, and he gave me some antibiotics for that and it just goes to show how great the power of God is because God gave all of us, everyone, no matter who you are, he gave you a blood-bought covenant that you can live in health. Amen. Now, what he didn't tell you was he was diagnosed with some stuff. How long ago was it? How many months ago was it in the beginning? Back in April, and he had a lot of stuff, a lot of places in his body where it existed, right? Come on, let's tell this story. I was originally diagnosed with seven 
are more tumors in my bladder. And when I went for the, I had to change doctors and get one that believed, born Lord. again, again, spirit-filled doctor. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he did when I told him what church I went to and who my pastor was, he laid hands on me and prayed for me before he ever examined me. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, anyway, then when he, he did his examination, he could find only two tumors and when he did the surgery, he could only find one. And it was half the size. <laughs> Amen. And now there are none after my checkup this week. Glory to God. So God, God does miracles. But let me tell you a little bit about the process. This man stood on the word of God. He declared the word of God. He stood in agreement with his wife. He talked the word of God over his body. He told his body what it was going to do, and it was going to respond to the word of God. Now, listen, if you understand this premise, is that we don't come from the, we don't come from the stand that we're the sick trying to get healed because we lie when we say that. That's because we have to agree with what God says. What does God say? God said, I sent my word and healed you and delivered you from all your destruction. So we agree with what God says. Well, how can I do that if I got all these diagnoses and everything going on? Well, all of those things, those reports from hell are facts. They're just facts. The fact of the matter is this. They say, don't you want to get a hold of they and kind of choke them a little bit? They say, who are they? Who are, how, how important are they in your life that they can sow death into your life? They say, been there. I understand what they're saying. They say, and I'm like the little kid inside. It's like, well, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up in the inside because my God says this. Now, I can speak from several different experiences, but I can tell you right here, looking here, three times we've been at death's door. Three times. One, I believe, within a couple hours. And, well, we are not exactly where we want to be yet, I can tell you this, that we're not where they said we were going to be. And we're not doing what they said we couldn't do. We're doing much more. But it's a process. Do you understand that? It's, we, want, we want microwave, instant, once and done. But I'll tell you, a lot of people that get instant, once and done, and they have nothing that they've changed their mind for, are back in situations. I know of a lady right now that's been calling me and calling me. And she, years ago, got healing for her body. And she's just about in that same position now and yet she doesn't know anything but death. She always wants to talk about what happened in the past. She will never come to what God says. God says you're healed. So you come from a position of being healed. You don't deny the problem exists. It, you can't run around saying, well, I'm not sick. My leg is not broken. You know, you, if, if you've got issues in your body, you're not denying that the issues exist. What you're doing is you're taking their legal right away to exist in your body. And lawyers understand that, don't they? Have you ever been in front, lawyers, have you ever been in front of a judge and somebody deserves something big time? I mean, do I? <laughs> 
They deserve something big time, and the judge goes, not guilty, released. And you go, that's what the devil does when God does it. But Jesus bought and paid it. He paid the price. So our our opportunity, if you will, is trying to figure out how to position ourselves that we believe God more than we believe everything that's ravaging our body, every pain in our body. Well, you know, you release your faith when you talk to things, and you release your fate when you talk to things. See, if you think, you know... um, Over there in India, I heard this story yesterday, which I thought was really good. This guy had gone over there, and you know how they have those little pedal things, and and they said they won't let foreigners drive because it's so fast, and and he said, well, what happens if if somebody gets killed? He said, well, they just pull them the side of the road because it was their, that, that was the will of their God. And so he said, indeed, I saw somebody die. And he said, it was just their fate. And he said, that's what they did. He said, I'm like... And they just pulled them off the side of the road and life just kept on going because they believed that it was their time to die, it was their time to go. And so if you believe that, you're going to, every action is going to line up with that and you're going to, you are going to fight nothing. Every time the enemy comes and says, you know, that's of God, that's of God, you're going to say, I guess it must be. Well, that appointed once to die is not a time to die. It's appointed once once and we we do that when we're dead we're buried with christ never nevertheless we live now remember we're talking about old covenant versus new covenant so let's go to galatians 3 13 in the old covenant remember i was talking about if then if you do this then you get this and if you don't do this you don't get that in the new covenant jesus and father god the covenants between them so it cannot be broken like in the old covenant nobody could live up to those things in the old covenant and he said in galatians 13 christ the anointed one of god has redeemed us has redeemed me from the curse of the law what's the curse of the law Everything in Deuteronomy 28 that he said was in the curse is under the curse. And he said, even anything that's not even named is under the curse. And it says, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. If you look at verse 29, it says, and if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise. You're an heir. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That means everything that you see in Deuteronomy 1 through 14 is yours. It belongs to you. But do you know what? Do you remember when the, um, the Israelites were in the desert? How many of them actually got to the promised land? A, 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 a 10-day journey took over 40 years, and how many made it to the promised land? Two. Remember when the spies went out? Two of them came back and said, we can do this. And eight of them said, there is no way. And those eight of them impacted everybody else in that congregation. Under, t- under 20, I guess, got to go in. And the two. And the two went and took it when they were 80. They went and took. Joshua and Cable went and took the promised line. What happened to everybody else? Could they have gone to the promised land? Absolutely. It was a choice. They chose to see the report 
that there's giants in the land and we are but grasshoppers in their sight. Well, how did they know what the giants thought? They saw the giants and hightailed it, right? How did they know what the giants thought? How do you know what somebody else is thinking? What does it matter what they're thinking? They're going to think something of you anyway. So what? Who cares? Think and do what God does. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, change, from a caterpillar to a butterfly is how I put it. Be ye transformed, change, by the renewing of your mind. So this is a wonderful place to tell you a story. Real account, it's not a story, it's a real account. And I have a friend who has one of her best friends. And um, she teaches healing. She's been in the healing ministry for years and years and years, seeing countless people healed of various diseases. In their particular ministry, cancer is one of those things that is um, very, very readily um, healed. People are restored. And this one woman, um, this is her friend, now her personal friend. And she said, by his stripes I'm healed. And she would ask her, she would feed her the word of God, by his stripes I'm healed. And one day, she was minutes from going on, and my friend got in the bed with her friend and pulled her up by the collar, and she said, I want you to tell me what you believe. And she said, by his stripes I am healed. And she departed that day. And here's what she found out about that little thing. She was heart sick. Just, she asked God what was going on, what, what, what happened? And she said, when the facts started coming out, this woman said the right things, but behind the scenes, she planned her funeral. She said, get me extra Bibles. She said, I want to write a note to each one of my grandkids to, so that they remember me when I'm gone. She did all of these things. Her mouth said one thing, her heart was hooked up with departure. Say, if you decide to go, there's nobody on this earth that will keep you. But if you decide to stay, there's no devil in hell that can kick you out of your body. Amen. None, ever. So I'm going to, you want to tell your story quickly? I can. Okay, but, come on. But this is an awesome one that you just said. Uh, what you just said, uh, I just want to end in this. Uh, because I was, I was told three times you're dying. And, um, and every time they ask you if you're, if you're ready, if you have your will and everything, every doctor, three different doctors told me I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma um, in uh, for t 2014. And I um, took, unfortunately, an unconventional road uh, the first year uh, due to very bad ex experience. And it was actually... Because I so, so believed in, in Jesus' heels that I didn't go for chemo. But then I got just progressively worse and um, really battled with condemnation because I so believed Jesus' heels. I, I know Jesus' heels. And I wouldn't do, go anywhere else with it. Um, and so we started chemo. And I just got my good report on Wednesday. Um, I actually, we went to Vanderbilt for the bone marrow biopsy, and it was a miss. And I had to go for another bone marrow biopsy. And so it was terribly sore. And I got my, my good report. There is 
no. Multiple myeloma in my bone marrow. He said, no, none. But this is, every time I wouldn't go there, if the thought would come and buzzy by my neutral, and the, and the thought would come, why do you buy new, th just that enemy would come, and I would say, bring it on. And I would go into my clothes and wear every one of these clothes. These are my clothes. I don't plan to part with any. for life. I planned for life. life. I did not think of this must go to this one. I never, ever did it. Never. I didn't plan for it. Thank you. Now, what she didn't tell you is through all this process, is she stood on the Word of God. She talked. She went to meetings. She had the Word going in her and out. Or, you know, the other thing is God uses medicine. Thank you, God, for doctors. He, but you go to the doctor in faith. Go to the doctor in faith. Jesus is the healer. The doctors are not. They practice medicine. They can only do so much. But Jesus created everything. You know, you need a creative miracle today. Your ear is missing. God's here to heal it. He doesn't, you don't have to wait. I'm going to tell you about one other lady. Well, two other ladies because one is in, uh, one is in my life about 10 or 15 days ago that um, I had the privilege of praying for. But before I want to tell you about that, I want to tell you about this other lady who she had cancer, expected to go. Her family would come by her bedside and say, it's okay, so-and-so, just go ahead and go on. We don't want to see you suffer anymore. Literally, if she turned, her bones would break. Literally, her bones would break. And, um, and her, all her family was releasing her and said, go, just go, just go. And so when her family would leave, she would turn, like Hezekiah, she would turn her face to the wall. Now, just that act, she could have broke her neck. See what I'm saying? It, I mean, she, everything's on the line here, and she turned her face to the wall, and she said, God, you're my healer. I believe you. I she stood in faith for something, and one day her family came in, and she was gone. That's how they tell it. And they looked around, and she was on the other side of the room. He said, how did you get there? She said, I walked she had no clothes that fit her, but the next Sunday she was back in church, restored, healed, delivered, nothing missing, nothing broken. She had been down to like 80 pounds, next to nothing, and again, limbs that were broken because of movement, and God restored her. Uh, about two weeks ago or so, I had the privilege of praying for somebody that had come to my house, and she'd gone through cancer twice, and they told her they believed it was back again. And... Um, I laid my hands on her and prayed with her. You know, there was no lightning bolts, nothing going on, you know. But she went back to the doctor, and I got a report a few days later that um, they have found no signs of cancer in her. Well, then I got to talking to her a couple of days later when she came back to the house, and she said, well, you don't understand. I said, okay, well, tell me. She said, I went to the doctor before you prayed. He did an exam, and there was a mass there that he felt. So when I went back and I did the scan, there was nothing on the scan. He did the exam, and there was nothing there. And he says, I don't know where it went, but it's not there. And she said, well, I know where it went, and it's gone. Heal. It's faith. You know, what did, what did um, Peter, the man that was sitting there, he said, faith, that name, and faith in that name has made this man strong. 
see, there is a faith. God, everybody has the same, was given the same measure of faith. You have God's faith inside of you. But it will lie dormant unless you stir it up and you do something with it. You choose to believe or you choose not to believe. You know, if you can get to the point that you just believe, you know, Hebrews, let me read that. Um, we're not earning anything. We, we earn nothing. Jesus paid for it. In, in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. And if you were, you are. But I have to ask this. Whose report do you believe? Yes, but you don't understand. People say you don't understand how bad it is. You don't. Listen, if it's too big for Jesus, we're in problems. You don't understand what I've gone through in my life. You have no idea what this man has gone through in this life. I don't really know what you've gone through in your life. But I dare say everybody has gone through something that somebody else said was impossible to do because you made that decision. You made the decision, I'm going to believe God. I don't care what anybody's saying about anything. I'm going to hook up with faith. And so, you know, the question comes, well, uh, what, about, what, what about those people? What about those people that, you know, have died? They believe God. What about them? You know what? I don't know the answer to all of that. That's right. That's a good thing to say. Even though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at my right hand, it will not come nigh me. I choose to believe God. I would rather go out in faith believing that God is the healer than I would for a second want to go out in unbelief. You know, how sad would it be <laughs> to get there and God say, let me just show you. If you would have hung on for five more minutes, look what, look what, I'm going to tell you the story about John because John is such a wonderful uh, case study here. Velda, my friend from uh, whole life, had gone on a healing team. They went to the hospital and John was, um, uh, John had a, a hard time. Everything that, that could go wrong went wrong in surgery and they called the healing team in and and I guess he was, uh, he was non-responsive when she went in, and she asked his wife, well, can I talk to him? And so the wife kind of looked like, okay, I mean, he's not going to talk back. And so, but do you remember what I told you, your spirit? Your spirit man always hears. That's why it's important, you know, you need healing for your body at night. Your body's sleeping, but you can rev up your spirit by putting some preaching on. You can, or, you can, or some healing, just healing scriptures going on because it's feeding your spirit and feeding your spirit. And if you ever see a garbage can that is plumb full that you cannot get one other thing in there? Well, if you're so full of the word of God, how can sickness and disease even be in there anymore. You just keep putting, you keep putting the word of God, you keep putting the word of God. So anyway, so she goes to, her and the team go to pray for John, and she talks to John, and she, the first thing she says, uh, hi John, my name is Velda, and I've come to tell you uh, how to get your healing. 
And so she ministers the Word of God, and it's all we do. You know, think of it as an IV. you got an IV going in, it's the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. It will make alive, it will quicken your mortal body by His Spirit. And so she's telling them this, and they get ready, they pray. Now when they leave, John does not look any different than when they came on the outside. But my friend knows something about what she just did. And she infused John with the Word of God. The Word of God is incorruptible seed. It works no matter what. It works, it works, it works. Even when we don't think anything's going on, it still works. And so a couple months later, she's at church, and she's walking down the pathway there, and this gentleman gets out of a car. He's on a walker. Now, I probably didn't tell you this, but they gave him very little hope of making anything, of surviving, because everything that could go wrong went wrong. And he's on the walker, and he comes up to her, and he said, Hello, Velda, my name is John, and I've come to get the rest of my healing. <laughs> so he comes to the healing center, he's coming to the healing center, and he's getting the Word of God, and he's just building and building and building on the Word of God. And, but what had happened is he had gangrene in his toes very badly. And the doctor finally said after so many months that enough is enough, we're going to have to do surgery, we're going to have to cut him off because otherwise it's going to affect the rest of the body. So they go into the healing center the uh, morning before, two mornings before, and they're praying, and Velda prays a wonderful prayer for them. And uh, they get done, and she steps out of the room, and the Spirit of the Lord says, now, that was a sweet prayer, and I'll go back in there and pray what I told you to pray. It's like, okay. So she goes back in there, and she said, we prayed wrong. Let's do it again. And so in the prayer, something like this comes out, and it says, um, even if you have to stop the surgery, Lord, you know, and they prayed for healing and all that kind of stuff. And so he goes to surgery, and uh, the doctor is not there, and a substitute comes in. And the substitute looks at the char and looks at John and finally says to John, he said, I don't know why your doctor was going to do this surgery. He said, but I'm not doing it. You'll have to wait for him to come. So the surgery stops. So John goes back to doing what he knows to do. He goes back to the healing center to get the word. And so they're in, they're in the favorite room over there, and all of a sudden he starts hollering to his wife, take my shoes off, take my shoes off. And Velda says, if that was my husband, I would say, take your own shoes off, you know. <laughs> so he takes his shoes off, and what is happening is the new skin and new toes are growing, and all the gangrenous stuff has fallen off. Glory to God, right in front of them. And here's what the Lord told Velda. He said, you were 15, within 15 minutes of cutting off your miracle by your tongue. See, by your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. You have to speak God's words, even when all of hell is raising against you and everybody sets against you that you're not going to make it. You have to stand, but I believe God. You know, people perish for a lack of knowledge. There's thousands of people that would be changed today if some of us would go and say, do you know that the Lord loves you? He's not against you. He's for you. He wants you healed. I'll show you how. See, we're not perfect. God doesn't expect it to be perfect. But Jesus, sinful, no sin in his. He was not sinful but became sin for us. No sickness in him. He became sin for us. And it says he bore, that means he carried it, literally carried it away. And if the debt is paid, why are you trying to pay the bill? 
But now we have an enemy, the adversary, the devil, who walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But those of us that resist steadfast in the faith, you can't do it on your own strength. If you're trying to do it on your own strength, you'll never make it. You can't do it. There's nothing there. There is nothing that you have that can, can combat the things of the devil. But he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. That means for all practical purposes, turn this off. For those of us that are type A personalities, it was a lot of years before I could do that. You know, I learned something about giving and receiving. And, um, and I said, well, you can't give to God expecting something back. Well, that's not scripture. That's tradition. You know, God says, this is the only way I can be involved in your life. If you will give to me, then I can get involved and I will make your, what's left of your 90%. I will take that 10% and I will bless you. Did you ever notice in the scripture, it says um, in Genesis, he said, be fruitful and multiply. God never takes his word back. It never changes, right? Did you notice he said, uh, he didn't say, will you try to be fruitful? He said, be fruitful. It was not a request. And if you look at the, if you look at the translation, uh, translation about that these, these uh, blessings will jump up on you, it means that they're going to jump up on you, they're going to hug you, they're going to hang on, and they will never let you go, and people around you will be blessed. Just like all those people that were negative, then they didn't want to believe God's report. They didn't never get to the promised land, but two stood. How would you like to be the only two standing in that vast number of people? Could you do it? I would hope I could, but I don't know. You know, you get around 15 people that don't like you and they want to, you know, give you a what for, and you think, oh, my God, what's going on? Listen, they stood, and they stood for a lot of years, and they still believed. And, you know, uh, uh, Joshua and Caleb, you know, when it was time to take their promised land, they went with vigor at 80. At 80, they went and took the land. You know, it reminds me of David. I just like when they came back from doing uh, what God has told them to do, and they came back to camp one time, and, and the enemy had come in, and they took everything, plundered everything, took all the families and everything. Everybody was mad at David. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him. Now, David's family lent too. What do you think about all that? David's family was taken also. And so instead of wallowing and getting in the pit with the rest of them, what did he do? He sought God and he said, what do I do here? And God said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. Did it look like they could do it? No, but God. Don't confuse having no feelings, meaning you know, people live in the, in, the, in the feeling world. Don't confuse having no feelings that when somebody prays for you, we pray in faith. You don't feel anything. That does not mean faith is not working because faith always works when we release it. We believe, you know, a lot of, a lot of times it'll say they got it as they went. We want, we, want, we want to see with our eyes when we pray. We want to see that instant manifestation. And people will say, well, I guess I just didn't get it because I still hurt. No, your position is this. I agree with God. God said he sent his word and he healed me. I'm not denying the facts, but I'm denying their right to operate in my body. This is my 
you know, that I'm the temple of the living God, and this is mine, this is what I'm in charge of, and I refuse for sickness and disease to operate in my body. So you talk to it, you kick it out, you use the word of God to do that. In Hebrews 4, it says this, there remaineth a rest, Hebrews 4, 9, there, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor there, or trust God, to enter into the rest, lest any man fall after the same example of, of unbelief. For the word of God, the word, is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of the joints and the marrow is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I'm going to skip down to 16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, I want to back up to verse 6. It says, Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. They couldn't do anything because they refused to believe God. They refused. All they could see were the reports. And as long as you look at the reports, you will never get to what God says is yours and what belongs to you. Faith says whatever will be, will be. And as, as I've said, if you, if you do that, then why did Jesus go to the cross? He's come that we could have life and have it more abundantly. E, they believe that fate controls their life, and they believe anything that happens is because of fate. And, you know, it comes down to this. When you embrace the wrong belief system, it affects everything in your life. It affects everything you do and everything you say. And you won't put up any resistance when bad news comes. You won't, put in, you won't stand and say, you got all this bad news, and you won't stand and say, yes, but I know that God is for me and not against me, that he will make a way when there's no way look possible. He always will. In every temptation, he said he makes a way of escape. Faith says the word declares, um, the word will declare, the word declares, and you have to find your promise for it, and you say, I'm getting it because the word, the truth, will change these facts. All facts are subject to change. The word never changes. I'm going to go to a couple more things, then I'm going to close. Um, Faith begins where the will of God is known. That's what I was telling you about F.F. Bosworth's book. I believe that's where that originally came from, but you'll, you'll hear many preachers talk about this. Faith begins where the, why is that? Why is that? You know, if Pastor Bob says, hey, I'm going to buy everybody lunch today. Now, two minutes before that, there was no expectation of that. And then he says, I'm going to buy everybody lunch today. Then you have an expectation. But if you know nothing about Pastor Bob, and if you don't know if he's credible or not, you could say, well, I don't think he probably has that kind of money to buy everybody lunch. I don't think I'm going to go. Or you could go and say, I'm going to, I'm going to, just, I'm going to look. I'm just going to check it out and see if anybody's doing it. But I, I don't know. Or you can go with expectation that you're part of everybody and you're going to partake. How foolish is it to have a paid receipt and you have a buffet out there and here's the receipt in your hand and stand there and say, yeah, but I didn't pay for it. 
and you just look as if you would like to participate, but you won't. And that's what we do with the Word of God. The Word of God says what belongs to us, and we receive, and how we receive is we take the Word of God and we apply it. Now, if faith begins where the will of God is known, which it does, do you know that faith stops at the question mark? You know what that means? If you're questioning any part of anything, your faith stops. Yeah, but they said, question mark, stops your faith. Stops. In other words, the producing of what you're believing God for will stop if you're not settled on what the Word of God says and, and choose what the Word of God says. Remember how I said, you're coming from a position that you are healed. You're not trying to be healed. Because in essence, then we call the word of God a lie. Because the word says he sent his word and he healed you and delivered you. It's already done. But see the different, the, the different things that we talked about and the people in our midst who have received their healing, it was a process. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes it's a process. But either which way, instant or a process, it's still a miracle of God. It's not something we can do on our own. But the word of God engrafted into you changes you. Just like you became a, grand, a brand new creature in Christ Jesus, that it will heal your body. It will make alive your mortal spirit. But those things that you don't believe for and stand for, they won't come. People say, well, I don't believe in that healing stuff. It's not going to come visit you. You don't have to worry about it. You know, God is not going to make you do something you don't want to do. But now remember, I, I would like for you to try sometime. Go to the Toyota dealership and go pick you out a nice little car and stand there and say, oh, I hope, I just hope that car is mine and see if they'll give you that car without any money, without somebody paying it. They're not giving you that car, are they? They're going to look at you like you're some kind of nun. If you don't leave pretty soon, you're going to be hauled away by the cops, aren't you? So, but we think that we're going to go to God without any faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. Wishing and hoping is not the currency of heaven. Faith believes and takes a hold of what God says as it's already done. Yeah, but my body hurts. Faith believes and takes a hold of as if it's already done. And the word of God is what does the work and it makes the body line up with the word of God that says, by his stripes you are healed. Petra gave you a testimony. They had told her several times that that was the end. Yet, here's what she said that clothes in her closet, she was still buying clothes. She refused to look at their, they, what they said the end is. She refused to look there, but she just didn't ignore the problem. She just said, well, I'm, I, I'm just not looking at the end. I'm just not looking at the end. That's what, that, that'll get you the end quicker than anything else. You understand what I'm saying? You can't be passive. There is no, there is no in-between. There is either you're hooked up with the things of God or you're going the way of the world. But the choice is yours. God always, healing is always present. Anytime the word of God is preached, healing is always present. But you have to receive. You have to believe you receive. It starts with a quality decision. This is what the word says. That's what I believe. And everything else is going to line up. Now, sometimes it's a process to change how you think. The word of God Traditions make the word of God of no effect. So if you've heard in the past that sometimes God gives you something to teach you something, 
then um, you're in error because my Bible says that he gave us the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us to all the truth. He didn't say he's going to use those things of the enemy. And furthermore, when did sickness come in? Was it in the Garden of Eden when God created it? No. It came in after Adam sinned, right? Sickness is just death in process. You know, the devil can't come to you and say, tonight you're going to die. Because you say, I am not. There's not. Get out of here, you know. But if he can get you little by little with this symptom and that symptom and that symptom, you know, and you're, you, you know, you're passive about things, you have to be active where the word of God is concerned. But your activity is not begging God to do what God has already done. I've heard this lady say, quit trying to get in a room you're already in. I thought, okay, let me think about that. But it makes sense. What are you begging God for something? God, the truth is God has done everything he's going to do. Everything. You think he's coming back to the cross for your sickness or disease? No. He's already done it. That same, that same sacrifice that paid for sin forgiveness paid for sickness removal. You know, And don't just believe to be healed. Believe for wholeness. The woman with the issue of blood, look at her. She spent all she had. She was nothing better, but she grew worse. But she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And so she took, she took everything her entire life. You know, back then you couldn't go out like that. You know, somebody had to go before her and say, unclean, unclean. You know, everybody that she touched had to do a seven-day sacrifice because, because she touched them. You get that? I mean, it was a big price to pay. And then, worst of all, she took her life in her own hands. Because during that time, she could be stoned because she came out uncleaned. So somebody had the right to stone her. Well, you know, Jairus had come and said, Master, my uh, little daughter lies at the point of death. If you will come, lay your hands on her, she'll be made whole. In the middle of all that, you think about what Jesus was doing Jesus was ministering. Here comes Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. Who was persecuting Jesus at that time? The rulers of the synagogue, right? So here comes a ruler of the synagogue who had decided to come because his daughter was at death's door. So he bowed down to Jesus. All his peers, all his peers, they were kicking the Jews out of the synagogue if they acknowledged Jesus. Here's a man. He literally put everything on the line. He put his livelihood, how he got his, uh, his means to live. He put his, uh, his standing in the Jewish community. He put it on the line. All his friends, you get shunned, you're out of there. You see, everything he put on the line, he comes to Jesus and he said, if you will come and lay your hands on her, She'll live. Who decided how she was going to live? Jesus or, the, or Jairus? Jairus. With what? With his words. He said to Jesus, if you will come and lay your hands on her, she will live. She, he decided how she was getting healed. All right? So Jesus stops what he's doing, and he, he's going to Jairus' house. What happened to all those other people that he was ministering to a couple... Faith, faith, he's responding to Jairus' faith. And so here in the midst of all this, here comes the woman. The woman's coming. And she sneaks in 
a big crowd. She sneaks in. She touches that prayer shawl, and she, it says she knew immediately, immediately that she was well. Well, now she's sneaking back out of the crowd. Now, how many people did she touch that she made unclean according to the law while she was going? You don't get in the crowd and not touch anybody. And Jesus stops and he says, uh, uh, who touched me? And they said, Master. Like, well, who didn't touch you? What do you mean? How many people touch you? He said, no, no, no. He said, I know virtue, power has gone out of me. And he stopped to see who did this. Now, remember, he gave up his deity. So how do you think he found out who did? How did he spot who did this? Holy Spirit. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit, revealed all things to him, just like Holy Spirit reveals things to us. So he saw the woman, and the woman had been made at that time. Uh-oh, had been found out. So she comes to his feet, and she's telling him everything. I have a friend who says, hey, when have you ever known a woman to, told all, to, to tell everything she knows, and it'd take a minute? What happened? What was Jairus doing? My little daughter lies at the point of death. And she's telling all this. She stopped everything. Her faith said this, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She made a decision, and that's how she got her healing. Jesus didn't decide. She decided. She did. He said, I know power went out of me. I know that healing power flowed from me. And so just like we get born again, he said, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. I believe that was her confession time that she was able to hang on to her healing. But he said, daughter, your faith, he didn't say my faith, he said your faith has made you whole. What's the difference between whole and healed? Heal is your absence of a disease. Wholeness, if you have leprosy and you're missing your digits, wholeness is the return of all your things. You're made whole, better than new. She spent all her money. Do you not think all her money came back plus? She was made whole. And so the report comes that says this, don't trouble the master anymore, your daughter's dead. That's what Jairus has heard. Who had the power to stone that woman? Jairus. Can you, your child just been pronounced dead, you're standing there. What do you think is on the inside of you? What do you think you would be thinking? I mean, in the natural, you want to get that woman and kind of rip out a few pieces of hair and just scream and holler, my child's dead because you had to tell everything and you stopped this whole thing. We could have been there already. She would have been fine. What did Jesus say? Fear not. Only believe. Can I put it this way? Don't look at the waves. Don't look at the bad reports. Don't look at your body. Consider not your flesh and blood. You know, it says that, um, um, he said, uh, uh, those having not received the promise, they considered not flesh and blood. They considered not the report, but they looked at what the Word of God says and believed the Word of God more than they believed anything else. So Jesus said to him, fear not, only believe. Fear not, only, he only said it one time, it doesn't record Jairus as saying anything more. And they go, and the daughter, he lifts the daughter back to life. And um, it's amazing to look at some of those things. Jesus never gets frustrated. He's never time crunched. 
It's always perfect timing. He always, every promise is yes and amen. I need healing. Yes, amen. I agree. You need healing. And more than that is I paid for it, Jesus said. I paid for it. Don't allow the devil make you pay for it. I already did. You are free. But if you picture a, a, a jail cell and you're inside the jail cell and the door is open, See, we picture sickness and disease as if we're trapped inside that jail cell. But the door is open, I'm telling you. All you have to do is walk towards Jesus. Trust God. Believe God. Choose. Make a quality decision that I believe the report of the Lord. And I don't deny those. But what I deny is their right to operate in my body. So let's close with this. Your feelings do not get a vote. And faith is a substance. And if you want something that you've never had, you have to be willing to do something you've never done. What do I mean by that? You've got to get out of your comfort zone. Even though other people say you can't have it, whose report do you believe? You have what you believe and hook up, you know. And there's a lot of things that people say, well, how come... How come this poor little child, you know, didn't get this? And how come? Well, we don't know all the answers to that. But a lot of times it's because what I said earlier, people perish for lack of knowledge, you know. And it's something about knowing what God will do for you and knowing. Your head knowledge won't get you faith knowledge. Your faith has to rise up. And if you spend any time listening to anybody preach or the scripture, your faith will rise up and it hooks up and it anchors. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what anybody else says or does because you have a knowing inside of you that God in me, the hope of glory. Double-minded will always produce nothing. Double-minded. What do I mean by double-minded? Well, I believe I'm healed, but is double-minded, but I hope. Now, does that mean to go to the doctor is contrary to the word of God? No, go in faith, go in faith, go in faith. But get it from God before you go. Father, which way do I go? Do I do this? Do I do this? Or do I get it from God? And then you stand in faith knowing you're taking those steps and believing that you receive. Um, if you don't know the word, will of God, you have empty hands. You know, those of us that pray know something about the will of God. And if you pray, if it be thy will, that's the killer of all statements. Because you know the latter half of that is? If it be your will, Lord, heal them. If not, kill them. Nobody says that latter half, but that's exactly what you're saying. How do we know it's God's will? All you got to do is look at Jesus. There's not anybody that ever came to Jesus that he said no. Now, do you remember in his own hometown, he could do there no mighty miracles. Why? Because of their unbelief. What is the very next thing he did? He went about, thank you, he went about teaching. Why? Because my people perish for a lack of knowledge. If you don't know enough that you can get from head knowledge to faith knowledge, get yourself in the Word. Immerse yourself in the Word. Romans 12, 1 and 2, be not, trans, be not conformed. Don't do it the world's Word. Transform. Do it God's way. You'll get God's results. And lastly, let's see. Let's say this. Keith Moore says this. 
He said, if you want to go down and stay down, nobody wants to go down and stay down, but I'll tell you how many people go down and stay down. You know how they do it? They murmur, they gripe, they complain, and they don't see the results that they want. So if you want to go down and stay down, be like the Israelites that never got to the promised land. Murmur, gripe, and complain. And if you want to do it the faith way, then you start praising God. You tell him his word is true regardless of what the circumstances are. You praise him in the midst of it. You're not praising him for the problem. You're not praising him for sickness and disease. But sickness is, you know, it's not my disease. Quit saying that. It's not my anything. They diagnosed you. You don't have to take possession of it. It doesn't belong to you. It's anti-God. Get rid of it. God wants you whole. He wants you healed. So you go into an attitude of praise. It's like, Lord, I'm going to believe you no matter what. I'm going to believe you. You call those things faith. This world was created by faith. Faith calls those things that be not as though they are. So I can see that the body is not lining up at this moment, but just keep looking because I call forth healing for my body, peace for my mind. Whatever you need, you can find it in the Word of God. It's yours. All you got to do is receive it and take a hold of it and don't let it go. Now I'm going to say one last thing. We're going to close this up. Remember when Peter walked on water? Now, he said that it's the Scripture says it, it, they thought it was a spirit coming to them. Remember the waves were boisterous? It was already wild in the boat, out of the boat. They saw Jesus walking, and they said, Lord, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And he bid him to come. How many people could have got out of the boat? All of them. They all could have walked on water. How many people did? Jesus and Peter, right? So Peter gets out there. And he's walking towards Jesus. He's got his eyes on Jesus. And what happens? He started looking at the waves. And he started looking at, can you see what's going through his mind? Hey, bud, what are you doing? Look at, look at how big these waves are. Look at the wind. I mean, there's nothing calm out here. As if he could walk on water if it was calm. Hello? I mean, your mind gets to telling you you'll never make it. Look at all this stuff. It's the enemy. Take authority over the things of your mind. And beginning to sink, he held, he, you know, he held Jesus. And Jesus says, oh, no, you're going to have to think it. Let me let, have you gurgle, boy. Just go down a little bit. I want to teach you a lesson. Is that what he said? Never. He says, beginning to sink, he called and immediately received help, right? Immediately he received. Jesus is not out to punish you. The condemner, the one that condemns, is the enemy. He's on your side. He's always for you. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And he has already paid for and provided healing for you. Now, if you need healing in your body, I'm going to pray here in a minute. If you need healing in your body, if you just come up kind of to the front, every other seat at, um, at the closest, and we're going to, the healing team's going to come up and we're going to pray. Um, Father, we just thank you and we praise you for your word. Father, I thank you that your word is true regardless of any circumstances. It doesn't make any difference. And at the name of Jesus, every knee bows. Every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. That means diabetes, cancer, Lewy body, Parkinson's, Alzheimer, dementia, infirmity, every evil thing. Bow your knee to the name of Jesus. 
Father, we thank you there is none like you and that you're always for our good, always for our good. We just thank you, Father. We just thank you for healing, restoring, delivering. Father, I pray today for every heart that's hurt and that's broken, that doesn't understand your ways and how you do the things that you do, Lord. I'm asking just to go in, Jesus, your peace. Just flood them, flood them with your peace and your love and your mercy and your grace. Show us to see how you see. Show us to receive what you've given us to the full overflow. Father, I come against every bit of religious thinking in Jesus' name, and I call it to naught. And I just loose the power of the Holy Spirit in this place today. I thank you, Father. You said if we believe, we'll see your glory. So today, Father, we just thank you for your glory because we believe that we receive it. It belongs to us. And we're not going to be denied. There's no devil in hell that can keep us from coming to you and receiving that which you have for us. And we are so grateful. Father, we don't have to understand. We don't understand how the law of lift supersedes the law of gravity, but we know that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death, and we partake in that today. Healing, the children's bread. We're coming to eat, Lord. We're coming to receive, and we thank you and we praise you for everything you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.